Hi everyone, welcome to the Drive to Succeed podcast. My name is Daniel, the host of the show. By the way, if it's your first time tuning in today, I hope you get massive value. Get your pens and paper ready and your mobile device to take down notes because today's episode 15 with Sana Asam, the founder of Mina Speakers. And today's episode is all about how you can communicate and get paid by speaking in public. Also learn practical steps on how you can handle stage fright and discover why every great speaker knows that behind every successful speech or presentation is all about leaving your audience educated, engaged, and empowered. So without further ado, let's welcome the one and only, Sana Azam. This is a Drive to Succeed podcast where we feature inspiring entrepreneurs, thought leaders, influencers, and seasoned professionals to help you jumpstart your career and your entrepreneurial journey. So welcome back to the Drive to Succeed podcast. We have a very special guest today, San Asam. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe it's the first time we actually met. And I've been following your journey for a while now through LinkedIn and other social media platforms. But for our first time listener who doesn't know you, who is San Asam? Wonderful. So I am the founder of Mina Speakers. It is the leading speakers agency in the region, and it's all about representing these experts, thought leaders that go up on stage, um, go to conferences, and really like educate, engage, and empower their audiences. So this is my absolute main vertical, um, and I'm passionate in life, and it's all about communication and great communication. Mm-hmm. And what is your background? Ah, <laughs> so... Let me take you way back. (laughs) How much time do we have? (laughs) We have a little, like 30, 40 minutes. So so the the short story is um, my parents are Palestinian Mm -hmm. and I'm uh, literally born in transit. So in between countries, Mm. Um, they were Palestinian refugees leaving Lebanon at that point in time. Um, And then I came out when they were in Germany. (laughs) <laughs> on their way to Sweden. So literally born in transit on the road. Um, and then we ended up in Sweden, and this is where I've been raised. I'm the youngest child of eight. <laughs> and so being the youngest child of eight, you learn different communication strategies. Let's put it that way. Yes. So communication in many ways has been there. It's there for all of us, but even more so with a big family. You form alliances, you, yeah. <laughs> you choose who you argue with, you choose how to get you know, what you want and your will through, etc. So as the youngest child of eight, I had one strategy. And what do you think the youngest kids have as a strategy? It, to, yeah. Say it? <laughs> to, to play, you know, the, the cute part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So uh, being cute worked for a while. Big eyes and just smiling and, you know, um, things will move your way. But that doesn't work so well in business. <laughs> um, and so when in my early 20s, when I had my first job, I was studying at Stockholm School of Economics. So I have a master's in economics. Um, and then I had my first job at a bank. And I was writing the news at 4 a.m. in the morning for an equity trading desk. And so as a typical overachiever, I wasn't getting the attention and the recognition from my work. Um, and in certain areas, like at universities, at banks, etc., these are high-performance you know, domains. Yeah. So everyone does well. But then the question is, what will make you stand out? 
And then that's really where strategic communication is important um, and being able to represent yourself properly. And so this is where the root of understanding communication started for me um, at a very early stage. So just like reading up on it, experimenting with different techniques. How do I get seen and recognized? Mm -hmm. um, so I took that on in a very like academic approach, um, but also experimental. So on this trading desk, how would I get a promotion? How would I get a job offer, etc.? You were a trader back then or you were a communication uh Oh, I was like the student. <laughs> this is like, you know, so I was the most junior person that was working extra doing the, the news reports for the traders. So that's kind of how my career in finance started. And then that just moved on. Um, I worked full time in finance for a couple of years as a banker. Um, I used to trade in gold. So like precious metals, physical gold. Okay which is also interesting. So I'd supply like central banks with gold to maintain their currencies. Fantastic. <laughs> but I always found myself in a space of speaking, mm -hmm. communicating, explaining, educating. And my employers at the time always pushed me up on stage as well. So it was like a combination of things. 2010, I won an award called Female Economist of the Year. In Sweden. In Sweden. Um, huge honor. And in that kind of loop, um, I was put on stage a fair bit as well. So communication, public speaking, and all of that has been a really core driver for me, and it's, it aligns with my values. So I've always been attracted to it. Coming to the Middle East, I'll get to it, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to the Middle East, um, I worked for, again, a gold house, a bank, but there was no real speaker's agency that could represent me like we had out in Europe. Mm -hmm. So I had agency representation there. And this is really where I kind of felt like, okay, there's an opportunity here. I enjoy working, working in banking, but I'm not in love with it. It's not my true calling. Um, and this is where I very quickly made the shift. Left on the day, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then kind of set up Mina Speakers. And ever since then, it's been a beautiful journey. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you, you were in Dubai in what year? 2000. So I've been here eight years, so 2010-11, 11, around that point in time, I was shifting over here from Sweden. Understood. Yeah. And so obviously you started your speaking when you, were, when you won the award, and prior to that you were always speaking on stages. And when you came here, there's no agency that represents that for speakers. Yeah. And yeah. I believe also in UAE it's about who you know sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, so there's an opportunity, this, the reason why you open up Mina Speakers back then. Yeah, it, it's, it's a combination of things, right? So you're absolutely right in saying that there was a gap in the market. There was, for sure. Um, but I also had other options. Do you know? So as a person that's kind of seeking the entrepreneurial route, you tend to have other ideas and ideas that you thought about 10 years ago, five years ago, yesterday, etc. Mm -hmm. um, but that question really boiled down to, what are my values? Because I already worked in a place that I enjoyed, but it wasn't aligning with my values, which was the banking sector. And what are my values? It's really about helping others, um, elevating others, honesty, integrity, etc. And so I had that list. And in relationship to this list, what business can I set up mm -hmm. that 100% non-negotiably aligns with those values? Mm -hmm. And this is really where the idea of Mina Speakers became cemented. It's like, this is my calling, it's what I want to do. Um, and it's multifold. It's not just because every time you have a speaker on stage, 
we know it's going to move somebody. Like, we know it's going to change somebody's path. The speakers are that great. Yeah. I'm sure you've come across like a TED talk or a speaker on stage and you went, wow, blew my mind. Like, this is what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and obviously from finance, you, you went to public speaking. Most of the people that I know uh, who you know, started their own venture, they try to marry both. Yeah. Like maybe they want the public speaking, but they focus is more on finance. But me and the speakers is a little bit more general, which have different kind of niches and all that. Yeah, can you you know tell us a little bit more about you know what are the niches or what are, what are the profile of the speakers that are in the, the cool yeah. I, that's believe it or not that's like the first time I ever have that question that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we are completely industry agnostic um, and we know that there are especially in a hub like Dubai mm-hmm. there are so many conferences there are so many events and there is an audience for a great speaker everywhere in the world. We know this with certainty. And so for us, quality was mandatory. It was more about getting the right quality speakers. And then somehow I had faith that the right platforms and forums were gonna arise for that person. But we wanted to be certain that whoever goes up on stage educates, engages, and empowers their audiences. Mm -hmm. Like they uplift them in a way. So completely industry agnostic. And is there a way that you qualify them before they go on stage or how does the process look like? Yeah, so we look at five criteria. Um, One is, you know, what is your personal narrative? Mm -hmm. Your backstory. Yeah. Um, Two is, what are you talking about? Is it interesting or is it like incredibly cliched? Are you adding value? Is it innovative? Is Is it something new? Um, and then we look at some very practical things. So uh, your bio, your headshot, your video show reel, are they there? And then it's like, is there proof of concept? Have you ever been on stage? Mm-hmm. Um, and then for us, it's important that we deal with ethical people, people who are pursuing not fame, but they're pursuing to elevate others. To add value. Yeah. And that's something that we only get when we're talking to the person. Like, what are your values? What are you doing? Because um, here, we're really here to serve. We're really here for the community. And so those have to correspond with the people that we work with. Mm-hmm. But in terms of fame, obviously, the more you speak, the more famous you get. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, you, you see that information. It is conveyed quite easily. Um, it is a byproduct. If you're really good at what you're doing, whether you're a business person, a career person in the corporate world, or a speaker, if you're doing it from a place of passion, from a place of wanting to add value, by default, you're going to get the other benefits, which is fame, money, recognition, etc. Mm-hmm. But the question is, what's your core driver? Our core driver is to serve people. We want our ecosystem to have that same driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're serving only the Middle East or you're serving other countries as well? Uh, <laughs> every time we cross a new border, we kind of ring. <laughs> it's incredibly exciting for us when we do, um, you know, when we do enter new countries. Mm-hmm. So every third day we have a speaker on stage somewhere in the world, mm-hmm. which I think is incredibly exciting. Um, so far we've been out in Europe, parts of Asia, North Africa. We just touched the U.S. this year. Mm-hmm. So excited about that. 
Um, and we try to make sure that these voices from this region can reach as many countries as possible and resonate with as many countries as possible. Understood. So the speakers are coming here and then branching out to other countries. That's that's why it's called MENAS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So MENAS stands for Middle East, North Africa. Perfect. And obviously you're earning a lot in finance. And when, because I know when people are starting out speaking, usually they don't get paid first. But... Um, after researching, I think you think the I think the first gig that you had was paid. Yeah, can you walk us through a little bit about that and how also <laughs> other um, you know uh, speakers can replicate what you did? Okay, great. Um, so the first gig with Mina speakers was paid, but it it was five hundred dirhams. Mm. Like that's not even gonna co cover. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the proof of concept was there. It so. was there, and it was honestly, it was divine intervention. Like I think I had something supporting me out there in the universe because that deal um, landed on my lap within two weeks of having resigned. Um, resigned, and now I'm talking to my closest circle, and I'm telling them this is what I'm thinking about doing. People don't really understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, speakers what? Speakers Vero? Because it's not a common business to have here. Yeah. Up until when we came and we really started educating the market. And it was actually uh, one of my friends, and I think you know him as well, Omar Al-Busaidi. Mm -hmm. Oh, God bless him. So he introduced me to somebody who he had met who wanted a speaker. And then I go, oh, I can help you out. And it was a very messy deal you know what I mean <laughs> I was going oh my god I don't have a bank account I don't even know how these contracts look like but I'm gonna help this guy and I'm gonna figure it out on the way how much money should I make out of this how do I mark it, it was a lot of questions mm -hmm. um but we figured it out uh somehow had the first deal done then my second deal was actually um with the ex-president of South Africa mm -hmm. his excellency president Tabo Mbeki and that was also one of those Moments, God, so. God moments, yeah. yeah. Um, and it also came from somebody in my friendship circle who had referred His Excellency over to me, and then I helped him with like a, an event here in Dubai. Mm -hmm. So, really, it's I'd had an incredible support system, um, but it was also about like asking for help and asking for people in your circle for help, guidance, and mentorship. And I do this to date, like every meeting, I make sure to learn at least one thing from the person in front of me whether it's about them personally or something that they have mastered. And that's beautiful because everyone's sitting on something that's interesting. Yes. Yeah. Which goes back again to public speaking because sometimes there's no common term like, I, you already know JP. We, we talk about do what you love. Yeah. And you mentioned this is your calling. And for someone who wanted, who's speaking on stage, doing what they love, you know, it's just incredibly amazing yeah and by earning a lot then you know it's just a win-win situation completely completely but you know the likes of the people that you have interviewed um and professional speakers they take it on it is a career and it, it is a skill and it's something that requires mastery and so in order to reach the point to be actually professionally recognized and to get paid to speak it requires that you've invested in your craft, in your story, in your delivery, um, in your personal brand, in order for other people to also recognize and appreciate that. So it's not just about, oh, I'm going to be a speaker tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it's about consistently delivering that type of content and sending your message. Mm -hmm. 
And I remember I, I had the opportunity to speak last quarter of last year. Ooh. Yeah. And it was coincidentally, that's also the first time I met Sarah. You know, Sarah Almadani. Of course. Yeah. Love her. She's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> and she's getting married now. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know her at first. And then the, the people in the crowd was like only rooting for her and was like one of the four speakers. So I came in second and I was like, it's my first time. No. So, yeah, so the, the, my mouth was drying, you know, I'm coughing up and I don't Aww. know. What to, but I had some structure. I know how to deliver it. But it's just that the stage fright was there. Sure. Uh, speaking of how do you overcome stage fright and what are your you know, tips and thoughts on that? Oh, okay, great. First of all, congratulations. That's incredible. And she is a very senior. She's one of the best in the region. So <laughs> the fact that you come second to her is like in itself, it's just a great achievement. Um, so stage fright is basically, let's break this down. There are different things you can do. You enter a fight or flight response, mm -hmm. which is basically another word for when the lion is attacking you in the jungle, you either want to fight the lion or you want to run. Hopefully you're running. Because <laughs> <laughs> the lion's stronger. Okay, so we enter that, that response, right? Um, and so there are different things that happen. Your body doesn't need to be fully functioning. Like your digestive system does not need to be in full throttle because it needs to be light mm -hmm. for you to you know, have one of these two responses. And so when you're up on stage or when you're in a situation that makes you scared, how do you counteract that reaction? So either you um, breathing. One of the things you notice is that you get shallow breathing. Yeah. It starts, it's over there. Because again, you don't need that full breath, yeah. <laughs> the full yogic breath yeah. to function. Um, so we need to rewire and basically remind the brain that there is no lion here. I'm actually safe. It's a safe environment. I'm just feeling a little bit of nerves. Yeah. That's fine. So the deep breathing. <sighs> Are you doing it with us? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we have that deep breathing and then you can also, um, if you hold, I mean, ideally go and have a, a like a warm shower, be in a warm place or hold something warm in your hands, because mm -hmm. again, your hands tend to get cold when you're in a fight or flight response. Yes. Your blood circulation does not need to be working the same way. Um, those are two ways of doing it. Or you can disrupt your pattern of thinking, mm -hmm. because it is thinking feeling. So you're thinking, you're feeling, right? Yes. Listen to music. Sing along with the music. Stop the pattern of thinking. Mm -hmm. Those are three very practical tips. Um, Going back to the breathing, which I think, you know, sometimes you're just not able to do that whole yogic breath thing. Well, then you can go for like laughter yoga style type of thing. Mm. Like, uh, <laughs> where you laugh, where you fake laugh it or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're by default getting oxygen into your body. And now you're going back to a more resourceful place of operating. Okay. So those, that's like three and a half tips uh, <laughs> of, of how to do that. Let me get to another one, mm -hmm. which I think is it's so interesting. You know, we train people, uh, we have coaching sessions with people all the time and communication. Yeah. And so the transition that we see within a couple of hours, it's baffling. You don't need to walk around and feel this fear of public speaking or mm -hmm. presenting or speaking up. 
you can get trained in this. Yeah. That's why it's a skill. <laughs> it's a skill and yeah. you can, it's just so quickly we see a quick transition in people with over a few sessions. So invest in yourself. Um, communication is such an essential skill in business, in relationship, and of course, if you want to be a speaker. Yeah. And we've come across a lot of uh, studies that, that tell us that poor communication costs companies money mm-hmm. because you end up having to clarify and explain and clarify and all of that to your teams or your colleagues what you're doing. And that in itself has a cost for mm-hmm. the business. Yes. So it's a question of profitability, it's a question of relationship building, and it's a question of you being able to express yourself. And that in itself is like freedom and liberation. Yeah. And actually, I, I, I think it was two weeks ago, I met some startups. Mm-hmm. They were just uh, trying to you know, tell their narrative in a story. And I was so amazed that even they themselves don't know how to communicate what the story of their startup is. And then I realized public speaking or storytelling itself has, you know, a hard bottom line in terms of, you know, raising funds from VCs, you know, getting profitable, you know, all those stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm really curious, going back to finance again, obviously from a finance background, you are a left dominated brain, which is more on data and analytics. You can say. I don't know. <laughs> I get by. Yeah. yeah. And the right side is more about you know speaking and yeah. somehow, but it, when I'm speaking to you now, it doesn't seem like that way. <laughs> right. I mean, is there a training about that? And so I believe you can educate yourself in in both things. Uh, I have been trained in being analytical, um, and believe it or not, economics in high school. Economics and maths were the two topics I was suffering with. Mm. I was an A student in my other topics, but literally those two. <laughs> so when I went back to my reunion, um, I used to have a Canadian roommate. So mm. we, we went to a boarding school and we lived together. And she said, oh, well, you know, a couple of years ago I read about you and you won this award in economics. And she looks at me and she was like, how did you do it? <laughs> like, how? I saw you suffer. Yeah. <laughs> you were barely coping. <laughs> I know it's so hot (laughs) Um, so you know if there's a will there's a way (laughs) and um, really curious in in your career span uh, obviously eight years now in Mina Speakers is that right? Uh, Dubai Mina Speakers three years two years but when you're speaking it's it's more eight years sure yeah Yeah. what is your worst failure? Within uh, business yeah, or me or speaking, yeah. God, I've had. I'm sure everyone says that. I've had so many failures, like yeah. so many moments that are like mortifying. <laughs> <laughs> Just give us at least one that you know defines and how you overcome that. I mean, I can give you an example when I was up on stage, mm-hmm. and uh, it's more of a mortifying situation which you couldn't really anticipate. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm talking on stage. And then to the right-hand side, the audio is on. To the left-hand side, it kind of goes. So whenever I go to the right, like the right, right side is on, left side is not on. And I speak, I'm an animated speaker. Mm. So the audience, and I see it like a couple of minutes into this talk, the audience is looking at me all perplexed. And I'm thinking, yeah, but I'm meant to be like, motivational funny (laughs) like this is meant to arouse a different emotion and they're all looking at me a bit confused something's off here 
And nobody from the event organizer team said anything. So I'm kind of figuring this out as I'm still speaking. And I went, oh my goodness. Okay, this is disaster. What do I do? So then I sent to the right and I go, I know you can hear me when I move to the left. So let's just redo this again. Mm. Can we? And everyone went, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I literally step off stage and I go, oh my gosh, this oh. is more than mine. And like the shake was in front of me and there were like some really big people in front of me wow. as well. Um, so I'm, I'm going, no, this needs a reset. So I go down off the stage and I'm waiting for the MC to kind of reintroduce me. The MC has disappeared. So I go and I pretend to be the MC and I'll be like, Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> announcing our next speaker, Sana Zahab. <laughs> and then I go up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so, yeah, that's where you had to think quick on your feet. It was half mortifying, but it worked out. All is well that ends well. Yeah. So, um, one thing is that most speakers usually go before the, before the event to do some pre run. Sure, always. Yeah. Always, I mean, like, proper preparation prevents poor performance. Mm -hmm. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, always, I'm fully prepared. It's really important for me that I prepare in the sense of, uh, for the, the audience, they're giving me their time and their attention, and I know there's so much value in that, and I respect yes. that. And so I'm going to prepare the speech, and I'm going to go ahead of time, make sure the setup is perfect, etc. But there are just things you cannot anticipate. That specific set that I had in my hand, for some reason, just did not work. Um, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And when you mentioned about communicating, obviously speaking as a different type of skills, negotiating, you know, preparing someone for an yeah. interview. Yeah. Do you also teach those individuals in terms of, you know, how to communicate? And yeah. I'm, s I'm starting to see a pattern here. Um, and this is just an observation. So those that are incredibly good at, say, like interviews, influence, persuasion, sales, uh, public speaking, relationship building, great inspirational CEOs, politicians, etc., they tend to trip, you know, trickle over to all of these sides. Mm -hmm. All these skills, um, yeah, so if you're good at one, it's easy to become very good at all the other ones as yes. well. There is science behind each position that you are, but they are transferable in that sense. Is that what you asked me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. And, and also, what type of clients do you usually uh, you know, coach in terms of communicating? Um, I mean, we see everyone with a belly button, um, but you know, it, it's literally... So now it depends, because communication is something that we all do. And uh, my core belief mm -hmm. is truly uh, the world can become a better state if we all you know, know how to communicate well. Yes. Uh, and that is our mission statement. So create an improved state of the world through great dialogue. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it's for everyone. Now, when I deal with people, it's very much um, you know, business professionals, CEOs, uh, people in, in different situations where... Communication in every position they're in is important. So it's not just about presenting on stage. It's about how they lead. It's how they build relationship with their teams, um, stakeholders, etc. Mm -hmm. So that's the type of you know coaching that I do personally. Mm -hmm. um, but the people that we work with, we try to help everyone mm -hmm. that needs any type of help with communication. We're here to serve, and so if you need that help, we're here to support you. Yeah. Understood. And. I, I lost. 
but but I'm really curious at one thing. Yeah, I remember now. Uh, when when you were started speaking, do you have mentors that you looked up to? Someone who coached you as well? Because most of the speakers or most of the guests that I know have some sort of mentor that you know. That's why they went up to their same level. So. Sure. So I think whatever position you're in, whether you're a junior starting off, whether you're in a, you know junior position or senior let's put it this way mm -hmm. some of the world's best athletes mm -hmm. basketball player football players whatever they are best in class they still have a coach yes. why because the coach will see stuff that you know you yourself will not be able to see mm -hmm. uh, the coach will be able to support you to push the envelope in ways that you might not be able to your own talent and skill might take you this far to a certain level but somebody else and people around you will take you much further um, and quicker. So I think a lot of smart people can manage by themselves, but then it becomes a question of speed as well. Like how quickly do you want to hit your targets or your goals or success or etc. And this is where I think uh, mentors, coaches, educators, you know, everything yeah. from on online courses, TED Talks, books, yeah. etc. Instrumental for growth instrumental for your personal development, mm -hmm. whether you're a speaker or a business professional, whatever position you may be in. Bear in mind that some of the best speakers in the world, um, you know, when we fly them and we work with them or it's they will still come and ask us, like, how was it? What do you think? And we'll give them the feedback. Um, some of our speakers are up on stage 365 times a year. So almost every, well, almost every, every day. day, either yeah. several times a day or every day. Yeah. Um, we still have that coaching conversation. You know, maybe it would have been better if you had, if you use this expression, or mm -hmm. maybe you change the timing of that, or you should probably not be doing this because it sends a, like, a different signal. You don't want to do that. You should be wearing this. That conversation mm -hmm. is a strategy conversation. Mm -hmm. So you should be looking for support. <laughs> and when someone came into you without, I mean, do you only train advanced speakers or do you only train people who doesn't have, have a zero experience and working up maybe with them six months or a year and then saying like, you're ready, you can go to an event. And Beautiful. Okay, so let me just give you a bit of background. <laughs> um, when I set up Mina Speakers, I was, I was getting a lot of calls. Like, how can you represent me? How can you help me? I want to be a speaker. Um, and it took me a while and I had to gently kind of tell people I'm at capacity or no, you're not there yet or whatever. And it really made me not feel good because I'm all about yeah, serving, <laughs> yeah. helping people. Yeah. So um, I was just thinking like, how can I do this? So it's available for everyone that is serious and wants to pursue this. Like, how can I at least open the door? I'm not going to be able to make everyone a star, yeah, but I can at least open the door and then show you that the opportunity is there. And this is where we decided to democratize the speaking field and really create a platform for everyone with a great story or a narrative. And so uh, we've set up a platform called Know Who Market, mm -hmm. market.com And it comes from the place of our clients saying, do you know who is uh, able to talk about sales? Do you know who can talk about business do you know who can talk about pr or event management whatever it may be and our answer would be like yeah we know who <laughs> it is da, 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 da. and so we set up know who market and then we're asking you know prospective speakers to go and register there get your profile up 
when you do that in that process, you will see what you're missing. Like, if you don't have a professional headshot, you'd be like, oh, I need to go and get one. If you don't have a great bio, if you don't have testimonials, if you don't have videos, etc. And then we also got the feedback that people needed help with this. So we said, okay, so we can do this. We have the resources. Let's, you can buy bio writing or you can get the videography or you yeah. can get the headshots done with us, etc. You can get the coaching. So... Yes, put yourself up on the platform. See what you need to do. But also, if needed, get that help to get you closer to hitting that dream and that goal. So we're all about being inclusive and democratizing the speaker scene. Mm -hmm. So you have Mina Speakers and you know who I know who, but it's knowwhomarket.com. Knowwhomarket.com, yeah. Perfect. So before my last and final question, where can people find you? Everywhere. <laughs> um, so I'm incredibly uh, available for, you know, people that want to have these discussions. I try to help as much as I can. Um, you'll find me on like Instagram. I live on Instagram right now. Just obsessed with it. LinkedIn. Love LinkedIn as well. Facebook, not so much. It's become like a birthday reminder platform. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm there, but I'm not as, as much there. And then obviously... Um, if you email me as speakers asking for me, you're always going to hit my inbox. I respond to every single email, every comment, all of that as much as I possibly can. But like take pride and if somebody's communicating with me, I will communicate and honor you back. Yeah, so there, um, pretty much. <laughs> so I just wanted also to acknowledge you for sharing your time with us and sharing your journey. And of oh. course, you know, starting MENA speakers and making a difference also in the MENA region. Because I believe we need a lot of uh, speakers, especially here. And I'm seeing now the gap, you know, where people wanted to consume content, but they need to go to the U.S. or to, the, to Europe to consume content where, where they don't have it. And so by opening MENA speakers, then, you know, people can easily have access oh, to that. That's wonderful. <laughs> I got goosebumps. <laughs> Thank you. So my last and final question to you is, if everything is a strip away, your business, your wealth, you know, mean as speakers and everything, what would be your main drive to succeed? Big question. That's a big coaching question as well. So this is funny. About three years ago, uh, three and a bit, before I had set up Mina Speakers and actually what became a determining factor to why I did that, um, I did this course in NLP and this was one of the questions that they did ask us in a, in a long-winded way. And so my driver on a very personal level is, uh, or my driving question, the question that makes me want to kind of wake up and push through um, is, is quite simply phrased as such that how can I become greater tomorrow than what I was today? Mm. So this is on a very personal level. I, I have this curiosity and interest to always improve. But the base assumption, I am already great. I already think I'm fabulous. I already think I'm in a very healthy place. But how do I push that? And so I know that I'm doing that so that I can be of service to others. But as other people People have said before, my cup needs to be whole first. I need to feel great first in order to be giving to others, right? Not operating from a place of fullness. So that is absolutely my driver to 
um, maximize this life and just make the most of this human experience in order to share that with as many people as possible. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and just a little bit of you know additional question. I'm just really curious. What would you wish I would ask you? Something that I would ask you that you know people doesn't. Um, that's a uh, that's, that's a tough question. You know, I'm a speaker. I like talking about a lot of different things. <laughs> um, I guess. Any advice to my younger self? Mm -hmm. Any advice to a younger audience on their journey? Yeah. Uh, or anybody kind of pursuing their journey? Just uh, along those questions. And, and my, my answer would come from the Tao. So Taoism, the Tao. Mm -hmm. And they talk about Wu Wei Wu. Um, and it's like, it's about effortless um, effort. Mm -hmm. Effortless effort. In, yeah, in the sense of, you know how nature, it, it, it creates itself, all the mountains, all the trees, uh, the rivers, etc. Yeah. It's all created, but there's no exertion of a lot of effort. It's created perfectly in itself, right? Um, so things in life have to be in flow. Things in life, even you move, mm -hmm. but move in a way that's pleasant. Move in a way that gives you joy. Because life really is short. Yes, and so is. in this human experience, you should be enjoying every single second and every single minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's it for today. Thank you so much, Sana, for sharing your journey. Thank See you, Daniel. Pleasure. Thanks again for joining us at the Drive to Succeed podcast. If you're enjoying learning from this podcast, you can show your support by sharing and rating this on iTunes or Stitcher and sharing it with your friends on social media and tag us on Instagram at the drive to succeed underscore podcast. Thank you once again for joining us. See you in the next episode.